0: hello hello lovers and welcome back to our wonderful podcast thank you for tuning in again whoop whoop ah so this time on episode
1: three we got a chance to chat to bella near He uses uh, a she her pronouns
0: yeah just last year bella got the opportunity to be bme officer which essentially means that she was elected by and represented black minority ethnic students at the University of Edinburgh. Mm. And she is also the founder and creator of Celestial Bodies, which is a platform and a network that celebrates unconventional beauty in women of color.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like we can't forget to mention one of the most impressive achievements though mm, what's that rosie
0: um she was nominated
1: uh for b of the year in the tab <gasps> damn how could i forget that she didn't win but uh, you know oh my gosh great face i mean raise an adds. eyebrow at you guys tab mm-hmm. uh we had a lovely time there we chatted about pride fashion body image and intersections of race and queerness in like identity and it was just really really good yeah
0: yeah and we'll put all the links to everything that we talked about in this episode and bella's social media profiles and celestial bodies and bme campaign so no worries put those notepads away you don't have to be taking notes yeah. you can just sit back relax and listen
1: Not going so well, but you cling, i cling to hopes of you. And I
2: have some things to share with you. I'm not calling you up. So, so
1: being at Pride in, in America and Boston, right? Yeah. So, did you notice? Um, much of a difference. I know. So sort of talked about like it being quite like corporate, and it's sort of this idea of like rainbow capitalism. Um, whereas like with women with women, it used to be like the pink pound and stuff, and now yeah. it's like the gay GVP or something. I don't know. <laughs> but like, do you, do you notice that it was more corporate than? Have you been to a Pride in the UK? And yeah, I so mean, I'm like, from Brighton, sort of, so like oh,
2: <laughs> like the gay capital. Yeah. I mean, you know what? Like, I will be very honest. What well, I don't like Brighton Pride. Mm-hmm. Um, Alright, so here's... Beef. So, okay, I will say I will beef answer your Beef with question. Brighton. Yeah. No, I love Brighton. I've, I've grown up in Brighton for, what, how many years? Like, ten years or plus. Uh. And it's always been great, but it's got it's come to a point where it's not about the gays anymore, man. Mm. It is not about... It's about yeah. straight girls wearing a rainbow and yeah. putting... And I, and I I will shit you not, These straight the same straight girls going to, to these places to Pride even... Um, were well, the same people who bullied me at school. Mm-hmm. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I, I specifically remember um, a memory from school. It was when I was, like, kind of contemplating, like, my queerness and I was kind of being open with it. And a rumour had gone out, and it was incorrect. But, like, I was, you know, queer and very open. It was a, It was a rumour that I had done something with a girl or like something or no 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 a girl who was straight and people just kept coming up to me and being like is this true no 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 and like kind of being really like insensitive about it and I and it was a it was actually a gay man who outed me and it was mm. like the hardest thing and you know I went to boarding school right so that was like I had to live with that right like mm. it is you can't escape so I remember these people and then i see them on my instagram every fucking year with glitter on their tits love that but like do you know what i mean like
1: no i I totally get get you because like where i'm from down south as well like now they've just started doing like a banbury pride and like Mm. yes at banbury they just started doing a banbury pride (laughs) and like there's like this gay magazine for like lgbt people there and i see these people going out and being like oh my god yay pride and like wearing the flags and like dancing in the streets and i'm like you know, there were times when I thought, like, I was wrong and, like, fucked up because of people like you mm. who would say sometimes really, like, unconscious things, but it, it, it's oh, yeah. annoying because it feels like someone... I don't know if appropriating is the right word, but it feels like someone taking and wearing and using your culture mm. to have, like, their kicks and to have a good time when it's good for them mm. and then to kind of shrug it off and, like, get on with their day unhampered by any of it yeah. when your entire life is embedded within it. Uh-huh. And that's annoying and it's very valid and very right i think to be like pissed off by that yeah and mm. you see like it's more and more happening to point of people like well, who is pride for anymore mm. and like that is true like who is pr- and i i you don't want to get caught in like a really pessimistic space of being like we just shouldn't do pride because no. there's work yeah. to be done and it is and there's something of value to it, it. yeah, yeah. Huh. but at the same time it's like how do you balance that mm-hmm. it is really frustrating mm.
2: the only thing that was great about pride last year was britney was there And that was the only thing for the gays, man. Like, Mm. literally, I mean, apparently she was awful. But, like... (laughs) Yeah, I believe that. And that's fine, because she's Britney, and we love her, and that's something for the, you know, the gays. But then also... She messy, yeah. But also, Brighton is very white, so Mm. it's, like, the white gaze. And that's totally fine. But, like, I have really definitely noticed, like, a a lack of, like, a a cutie pop or a be cutie pop presence in Brighton so do you know what I mean so like Mm. it's great that Pride is getting bigger and bigger every year maybe not for our council and for our roads and for the trash that's on the street (laughs) all the time but like I just it kind of makes me sad because it's like one day of the year they'll go out and wear glitter and wear rainbows but then they'll still be like transphobic as fuck (laughs) like they'll go back to uni and they'll be like oh that was fun anyway I heard something about this trans person and it's just like alright okay
1: Yeah, Yeah. I thought we could (laughs) talk about that for hours, which is why it's (laughs) so annoying. Um, But Mm. we're really interested to hear about celestial bodies. And I know that the more recent thing has been like celestial bodies and um, thinking about like queer people of colour. And that's been really interesting. And we wanted to tell us more about it. All right. So
2: if people don't like know listening to this podcast, celestial Mm. bodies um, is like an online visual project, it's an Instagram project that celebrates marginalized bodies in well originally it was with the fashion industry and i think we're kind of like you know reaching out a little bit more so it started with like a photo shoot for um, women um of color and it was like a lingerie photo shoot and it was the what i what i really loved about it is that the people who put it together and brought it together were all of color all women of color Mm -hmm. so it wasn't just like kind of like a fake propped up i hate like corporations like adding in just like a woman of colour just to seem diverse. No and it was they're all white people, you know? I yeah. hate that. I I really f- thought it was important that it was like made by us and for us. Mm. Um because I think women of colour and you know trans and non binary people of colour um definitely like need it the most. So we did the shoot. And then we we're like, all right, we're going to do an exhibition. And then we did this exhibition at Portereau and I got a lot of traction. A lot of people came and it was like really, really special mm. and I really enjoyed it. And I think a lot of people did. I had this book at the um, at the exhibition, like a big, like, uh, you know, art book. And I had people write in, like, just, you know, their thoughts. I just kind of wanted to get some feedback, um, good or bad. And it was so overwhelmingly, like, amazing. Everybody was so, like, <laughs> people <laughs> were just like, oh, you know, i I've never really seen myself in these pictures or, like, mm-hmm. either just, like, the models of the photos or the, pe- the people at the exhibition. And I, like, went home and I had, like, chips and curry sauce and I was sitting on my bed, like, crying, like, mm. reading this after the exhibition, like, oh, my God, everyone, it's mm-hmm. so nice. And, like, you know, and I just, I think the most important thing is that it was created by, like, women of colour. Mm. Yeah. Because, you know, Edinburgh University is so um, overwhelmingly white that mm-hmm. you know i feel like there is an absence there is a lack of of space for especially um women of all sizes and i mm-hmm. there are all fashion initiatives on campus and i have been very open about like fashion initiative on campus like ecfs are very exclusive in the way that they cost so that's the
1: edinburgh college fashion show right Ed- no
2: edinburgh charity fashion show okay? Okay, okay. um eca fashion show is actually like they did something on diversity which I yeah they did like a,
1: a more like diverse like series didn't they of, like, Yeah, like
2: castings and stuff yeah yeah so that was really cool but it was at a charity fashion show and like i it was such like it's such a shame because like um their shows are so beautiful and they raise so much like money for like amazing charities that like i feel that they could just do a little bit better in like casting people of all like shapes and sizes and and you know well tell them they need to hear it you know and like i it's it's so hard because i don't want to feel like i'm like telling people like what to do or whatever but like i know that it will have so much more of an impact if it's not just like one body type like on Mm -hmm. that stage what have you say? have
0: you heard of the sustainable fashion show? Yeah, I actually yeah. walked
2: that this year. You walked that? Okay. Just yeah. um, <laughs> sorry, it wasn't like, so worth that. Yeah, no, that was that was really interesting. The, those are like always the most kind of creative, you know, mm. initiatives and mm. you know, if a designer can't design or make clothes for people who are different, like have different body types like that, I don't think they're good designers. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like
1: Yeah, and you're in uh so uh the costume that you wore, um in one of the fashion shows in a lot of different photo shoots was in the Scottish Museum, Yeah. So, oh, okay. Yeah, because they did a body diversity Mm, exhibition, right? So all the different kinds of, um, like, showcases of different fashion designs, different artwork, Mm. um, and people talking about, like, diverse bodies and marginalized identities and how all of those fitted together. So it was really interesting to see, and like obviously your dress was there that yeah. was made for you, and that was really nice.
0: Absolutely. I guess I'd be interested to know um, how you got in into like the fashion industry in the first place, Oof. and Oof. yeah, and whether like you know, yeah, <laughs> because you know I feel like for for a lot of little girls if they don't see themselves represented, mm. they're not it's not something that they're gonna like want to pursue per se. Mm. So I think it is really revolutionary that's something that you wanted to do. Yeah. Um. So if you could tell us more about that am I in the industry? Like, You know I'm what? In. It is
2: so, I mean, so I would, yeah. So the, the body, um, it's called the body, beautiful diversity on the catwalk. Um, it's an exhibition at the national museum of Scotland. It's going to be there until like late, um, late October. So, and it's free. So go check it out um that was so special because i worked with a designer called um Katie Morgan uh, who's a fashion design student at ECA and she was so receptive to like learning more about like my background and being um Danish and Nigerian and also like a size 16 and also like an activist and you know these are kind of niches right and you know and and being queer you know so all these like little things and she kind of designed a dress that, kind, that incorporated and it was very Ruben, it was very um like Rococo, we looked at kind of a lot of Botticelli imagery, a very like renaissance imagery where the women were you know bigger and chubbier and mm. like you saw roles, things that you don't really see in a like a typical
1: image of beauty Um, A lot of people in Edinburgh and the demographic that we are as students and as a city like a lot mm. of us can be doing work a lot of work to think about is deconstructing the ideas of class because I know that getting to university at all mm. is very difficult for students that are from a background that has lower income. Mm-hmm. Um, especially for students that are BME or people of colour that come from a background with lower income. Yeah. Um, and like getting into the fashion industry and stuff, like I often really wonder how accessible that is for it's people. That, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that are no. coming so. from low income background.
2: <laughs> I was t- I was talking to her and I was like I was just like I'm not the ECA rep, but I'm mad because like they have to buy so many friggin like fabrics and just like it's they have that, to buy it all. They have to buy fabrics. The students themselves. They oh don't my get
0: fucking god.
2: Literally, and like damn. Yeah, it's it isn't accessible, and the fashion industry is created by, well. It's created by people. It's elitist, like, right? It's and then, elitist. like, people
1: perpetuate that elitist kind of like mentality because a they're not gonna think what does someone from a low income background need because they don't have that perspective. No. So why would they even go there? Why and would think they about even it? think about that? And then why would they make it more accessible to people that might be better than them?
0: Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah.
2: You know, it's abs- It's true, and it's it's so like, and also like going off the modeling thing. You know, it's these people are created. They create these images and they create all these clothes and these marketing ads to make people feel shit about themselves and that i think is something that i kind of liked about celestial bodies is that we we're all different sizes on that team that created Mm. those images right Mm. we're all different faiths and backgrounds and colors and you know sizes and everything and so I think that's why getting your foot in the door and being behind the camera and being the producers of those images is so important and having that kind of diversity, like also in the production team is really, really important because they're the ones who are like creating those images and they're kind of Mm. making those little decisions, little decisions that people don't even think about but actually make a massive difference when they're viewed, you know, like just kind of just airbrushing a dimple out of someone's thigh. You don't think about that on a day-to-day but when you see it, you know, on a billboard... It's telling the people watching it and like the impressionable like kids, as you said, that are like viewing it that it's okay to like have cellulite like I thought my cellulite I like I got cellulite when I was like 14, 15, right? And I was like, Oh my god, I'm old, I'm an old lady, this sucks. <laughs> and growing up in uh, a very like predominantly white area and kind of like having these big ass thighs <laughs> and like be feeling really, really like out of place you know and like I, you said
1: before as well like feeling really sexualized for that Yes. Yeah.
2: you know and being sexualized and 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 kind of not being like so i'm sexy but like also i should be skinny and this was like in 2012 2013 oh, and god that,
1: when the world was meant to end as well, well. <laughs> and i wish
2: it did no i'm kidding yeah. um no when like the whole kind of being thick wasn't cool it was kind mm. of like be really really skinny so yeah. you know like i kind of was trying to like police myself and how what I have to wear and and also wanting to conform to a standard of blackness because you know I am part black I'm I'm biracial and but also wanting to kind of conform to a whiteness so kind of wanting to look more kind of like up down and and not having like these big hips and do you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. a lot of these things is that of course like black women can have small hips and white women can have big hips it's just these images right that like Mm -hmm. That are circulated in mm-hmm. the media and in like on our Instagram and our social you know, on social media and everything that like tells us that these people look like this and this people look like that, and when you're biracial, sometimes you can be a bit like, okay, so what am I supposed to look like? Yeah. Along with being at school with white like, people that, you know, you know, you wanna look like them. So it's all you're in a melting pot of shit yeah. and you kind of are confused about like what you're supposed to look like. And it's just like terrible for like and you you know, you're you know, a bit not grateful but like you you kind of like the attention you're getting because you're being sexualized but then you're also being sexualized on the street by like men and also actually and it's kind uh, of gross but then yeah. i have this really okay if i if i can talk about this like this vivid image of i was coming home from work i used to work in Brian in this vintage clothes shop and i was coming home from work and i was wearing a really short skirt doesn't matter doesn't matter <laughs> and these nine-year-olds on their freaking scooters like pull up and smack my like ass Ugh like nine-year-olds and they run away and like I'm in the middle of a really busy street and like people saw right and they didn't say anything and I was like I was like so taken aback yeah and I was just like maybe I shouldn't have had my ass out and you know I shouldn't have shown it all and and I was getting through a stage of like my puppy fat so it was all hanging out which isn't bad but like I just was like I had never been so aware of myself in that mm, moment yeah. and these nine year olds yeah
0: they're prepubescent boys like it can't it, it, you know I, I feel like they weren't even sexualizing you because they don't even have those sexual feelings it's more like I mean they were sexualizing you but I mean mm. it, it they didn't. The they wouldn't be able
1: to put that name on exactly. it exactly if, no. if someone was like what were you doing they would not be exactly. Like, well I was trying to uphold society <laughs> ideas about how women should look under the male gaze yeah. they it's, wouldn't know to
0: name it that way but that's no. what it is yeah yeah of course but they were, they were taught yeah. it you know it wasn't yeah. like oh, it was just so sad it was like so an sad. intuitive
2: thing that they would kind of and that's scary like in yeah. my experience and it was one of my first experience of being like cackled and it was like a I, I was snapped into reality i was like oh shit i'm here my body's yeah. here and the world's gonna look at it at it you know mm. and ever since then i think i really woke up and i was just like fuck this is my body <laughs> and you know and it's it's gonna have an impact on people and it shouldn't mm. it's it's my body i should do whatever the fuck i want with it but yeah. and i'm learning that now and of course the world isn't perfect and you know and you got to be more careful i mean i of course you don't have to be more careful like the world should be better but like i just was so oblivious and mm. it's kind of sad that i had to learn that at such a young age and be sexualized at that you know such a young age yeah so mm. yeah i just that's kind of like my take on it um, yeah. yeah
0: well lovelies butterflies my my honeys, it's it's time for half <laughs> time
2: <was> right? <laughs> what the f? Queer
0: confessions. About three years ago, I went to the Vatican with my mom. It was a little holiday. I was raised Catholic, believe it or not. My mom is still a practicing Catholic. Um, yeah, so she just wanted to go experience it, I suppose. Get a rosary for my grandma or something. And so we did, and it was actually really beautiful. You know, like it's actually very, very obviously a very beautifully built. Uh, place with just beautiful buildings and a lot of people and it just it's weird because you know it is like a country within another country so that's kind of cool yeah so that was me plugging Vatican but uh yeah I went <laughs> and, I, and I went to I went to this museum because that's all it is really uh, unless you're religious so yeah and i had like a backpack on which i probably shouldn't have because obviously there's a lot of people there always very packed and we went over to somewhere as well and at one point um because there was just a lot of people in the room we went to mm. i think i just like st- took a step back and my backpack started scratching <gasps> some sculpture oh, no. and it's like some religious artifact whatever really scary however i didn't really realize what was happening and some italian man Uh, came up to me and said something in Italian and Mm -hmm. I don't speak Italian and I had no idea what he was saying his facial expression wasn't too you know too thrilled or anything like that but because he like raised his hand up I thought he was trying to give me a high five so instead of you know moving away from the statue I was ruining from this like historical artifact that's you know really important to like the Vatican I gave him a high five Yes. and he got really pissed at me believe no. it or not and then I was there with the tour guide. and the, the tour guide who speaks Italian had to like calm the situation but that was just really fucking embarrassing
1: so anyway we're talking about gay things <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, nice.
1: yeah we we, we love Celestial Bodies oh I saw the exhibition yes. I loved it you always hyping me on Instagram you love anything that's like that kind of thing on Instagram anyway oh. um, so we're big we're big fiends for the content. Indeed.
0: Appreciate the love, yeah. guys.
1: And we want to know, like, what made you decide that it was, like, you know, the next thing that we're going to do, we want a project to be about being queer and being a person of colour. What was the, like, uh, you know, zap moment?
2: Honestly, like, it's such a unique experience being part of those two marginalised identities. Yeah. And, like, I feel that it's not something that people really talk about as much. I wanted to talk about Janet Monet, so fuck it. I'm just <laughs> gonna talk about Janet Monet. Monet is the mother I never had. I don't know if you've seen that meme. Um, no, I. She definitely was an inspiration and in, in kind of like the the shift to talking about kikipok, um identities mm. because it's a, a subculture that we never really think about, and also, a lot of, gay culture is from black culture right and like trans black culture a lot of people don't realize being like yas and queen and hunty are, are terms that are were used kind of in like the ball scene in the mm. 1980s in new york these kinds of like these phrases that you see on mainstream television such mm. as RuPaul's best friend race <laughs> that's a <Yeah>. joke um <laughs> um are are kind of are using these and kind of appropriating them in the in a way mm. that like is seen is acceptable and kind of now that people can kind of capitalise kind of capitalize them. You know, there are mugs now. These mm. phrases are sold at fucking urban outfitters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, like
1: um but also I like, think it's really interesting how like they were words that were originally like used and made given power and mm. given meaning by a lot of like young black trans women mm. and a lot of black drag queens and people of colour, but also specifically black and people of colour and BME people from working-class backgrounds yeah. that didn't have disposable income to, like, get them bejeweled on, like, a cape or something. Right. Like, you know, it's coming from that, like, Paris is Burning, you guys yeah. saw yeah. yeah. Like, it's a really educational thing to watch, but... Mm. didn't you know, like remember. The- and yeah. Pose. Pose. Pose, really-
2: <laughs> oh, pose really changed it for me. Yeah. Because, like, really, like, I learned a lot about the ballroom scene. And I'm someone who really loves that shit like part of me being comfortable as being queer was a lot about educating myself and like immersing myself in like theatrics and um, like references and culture so like I love David Bowie I don't know why I loved him but it's because he had that like essence of androgyny that I just loved and you know and um, Lady Gaga just being this like enigma and like this Mm. you know this kind of ever evolving kind of creature that she could just play, use her body as like a vessel for, and you know and she really was someone who educated me and like really raised my awareness and you know LGBT issues the stuff that she did about don't ask don't tell with her meat dress and prop A
1: and everything
2: so like these
1: also till it happens to you mm, amazing
2: yeah like these are really like I love Lady Gaga and mm-hmm. I actually went appear I went off of her for a bit because I was like she's doing too much and now as i'm older and i'm learning more about like the ballroom scene and i'm like she's doing like the most and it's amazing yeah mm-hmm. you know and like those are really the- these kind of people are uh, who are very uh, you know inspired by like the ballroom scene and like nine you know the 1980s and kind of the everything in happening in that period she was really inspired by that so subconsciously i was inspired by that mm-hmm. by extension right and you don't really see it because you're kind of
1: but do you feel are. like, do you sorry. feel like with, <laughs> no. like, no, yeah. no, don't be sorry. Like, do you, do you feel like as well, like, there's a lot of co-opting of, like, so, like, obviously we had, like, the Met Gala and everything and, like, the Ooh, theme was camp. Yeah. Oh, my God. But do you feel like there's All a right. lot of co-opting of, like, the the queer aesthetic, if you like, and, like, the, the culture built by queer people and m- more often than not, like, most of the time by queer people of colour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This culture that's built through, like, struggle and through pain and actually by people that are working class or have low income or are really, like, the most marginalised mm. is built and then is co-opted by people with, like, lots of money with, like, mm. I mean, like, you know, sorry, Lady Gaga, but yeah, people no. like Lady Gaga and yeah. people like
0: Madonna. people that are,
1: yeah, but even oh, people that yeah. are here at university that, yeah. are, like, you know, have a lot of disposable income that, like, love doing that kind of thing and then, like, it's now less of a culture and more of an
0: aesthetic. yeah Does that, I like, make that. sense? Yeah,
2: no, that's a yeah. very good point. Like, the gay, queer aesthetic
0: yeah. I on, you know on one hand I do um, understand why people kind of wanna appropriate that I guess or like mm-hmm. celebrate it if that's how they see it mm-hmm. um, because it is you know like when I when I whenever I watch Pose because I still rewatch it all the time. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, or um, or you know kind of see any aspect of that culture. It's like I just love it so much. Like it just fills me with like so much joy. Mm. But at the same time, it's like people who you know are not you know in that culture, are not part of that culture, need to. Realize and understand that they have everything else. Yeah. just like mm. let people have what they've created yeah. and let them celebrate it and let yeah. them like have a culture Without taking it over, you know, like it's hard to be possessive without being
1: without gatekeeping as well yeah. Like because that's like you can't really draw a line in the sand and be like right now I'm just protecting what is like ours and what we built and what is what is mine and what is yours mm. and then when like You have
0: to be like or am I just being a fucking dickhead? Like, yeah, right it's hard well, I think I think the line can definitely be drawn at when other people are making money off of, mm-hmm. like you know, your culture. I guess. Yeah. When it's become so mm. mainstream that it's going into urban yeah. outfitters, oh. and yet you know, trans black women are being killed. Yeah. Like it's it's not about yeah. them anymore, and yeah. like that's
2: I think you know this is a goes full circle about pride. So it's it's definitely something that like I've thought about you know, and I say the word cis a lot, and mm-hmm. I you know people and it's it's so interesting how like language can be transmitted Mm. you know I'll be able I'll say something and then my friend will be saying it the next day do you know what I mean like one little words and I'll I'll be getting things from people subconsciously that I work with that I go to uni with you know and it's it's not malicious
1: at Mm. all I think people just sometimes it's just naivety right yeah Yeah.
2: and like I think you know having conversations like we are now like Mm. what we're we're talking about now is kind of important just to kind of analyse and just check your privilege and kind of yeah analyze it and just realize that oh maybe there is kind of the looking at the etymology of the words like mm. yeah yeah
1: like the word queer right like mm. how how do you feel about like identifying mm. as queer like did you <laughs> it sounds stupid but like a, a lot of people come in it from like through through another route like yeah so yeah, like you exactly. know i i probably used to probably would have used to call myself by yeah and then maybe Define myself as a lesbian very, very internally, and then <laughs> mm-hmm. came to use queer and like, what's your? Like... I think queer. So all right, history
2: lesson. No. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I kind of I found out the, about the word bisexual from like a kind of an early age. The word lesbian was always a derogatory word because yeah, I think. so. Someone... the way it
0: sounds, lesbian. Yeah. And I love that's the... why I love that. Honestly, I think like... it, it, you know
2: I'm a classicist so learning about Sappho and Lesbos and, and all of that was, like, fascinated because it was, like, very important. And, like, I would always just be, like, in class, can we do Sappho? And it's, like, it's Sappho like, is, like, Greek. We're doing Latin. i was <laughs> um, like, all right, I'll just do Latin. Um, I'll just do Greek instead. No. Um, so I kind of steered away because I was taught that the word lesbian was, like, a, r- like a wrong word. And it hmm. was, like, associated with, like, butchness, which is something that I really that I didn't want to be associated with for some reason because I wanted to be all skinny and tiny and and I think I was really I did not want to be chubby and I didn't want to be butch so yeah but with queerness um I haven't. identified a lot as like a bisexual for a long time and being bi and I think everyone kind of goes through that when you're when either if you're queer or bi they're going through it in what like were I What people's like responses school. to that
1: do you think because you went to boarding school as well because at your boarding school, you said everyone was just fucking each other anyway. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, wow. Uh, yeah, I went to a very um, open-minded and open-legged all-girls. <laughs> <laughs> it was all-girls? All-girls school. So, uh, yeah. I like, <laughs>
2: I like, where was that when I made you? <laughs> That's amazing. No, I went to an all-girls school for one year, and then I left because I hated it. And then I went to a, a mixed school. It, it wasn't great. Um, I kind of tried to keep it... I wanted to be so, like, um, uh, visibly queer you know, like I, I was really interested in like the Riot Girl movement. I was really interested in like the fucking Kathleen Hanna, so I cut my hair off into like mm. a bob, and I like wore blue hair extensions for prom. Ooh. And I was just like, "Fuck all y'all! I'm so yeah. cool and different." But then I was like, "But I really like guys." Like, <laughs> girls. do you think? Do you think as <laughs> well?
1: Like, there's there is there is a lot of shaming in that sense of like, you know, like being queer doesn't mean that you aren't attracted to guys and like no. people really like get a hierarchy on about that in like yep. other very yeah, like, strong other... identities
2: <laughs> yeah so. and like i think because i am like i've had i've never had a girlfriend mm. um i've only had uh r- like boyfriends um and mm. dated guys yeah but i still feel queer as fuck and so my transition my transitional like my kind of my movement between calling myself bisexual and, and calling myself queer was, mm. I feel the, with the word queer, there's like a sense of fluidity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I have no idea why I am more kind of, like the word queer appeals to me more. Yeah, I think it's, it's more about kind of not really looking at gender, right? And not looking mm. at like, that guy's a dude and that guy's a girl, but it's more about who i'm attracted to and who like it's like energies right i think it's actually
1: really true as well like i never really thought about it until you said it then but like this kind of idea of like lesbian and butch being so strongly linked and like mm. then having that like kind of hangover you if maybe what how you want to present is very femme, like yeah maybe I mean, not always but you know always. like it's it's hard, and then and then people that are a lesbian that present very femme often get that really invalidating talk about like you know you're too pretty to be a lesbian blah blah blah. Yeah. So like it and in queer there isn't really that like distinction. And that's the thing that you talked about as well as like queer deconstructing those like hierarchies. Yeah. about. But it's a really like interesting way that, that people take completely different routes to the same like ultimate ultimate destination. <laughs> it makes it sound like mm. when you when you reach peak queer you will die? Like. <laughs> Which yeah. is the only way I want to
0: go, but yeah. No, I get you. It's like Nirvana a little bit, you mm. know? Once you mm. reach Nirvana, once you reach queer. Queervana. Queervana. I love that. That's our band. Yeah. Oh, fuck. We're, we're, we're releasing our new single No, a naked baby on the front, just like, just naked us. Yeah, basically. Mm. I mean, I love a naked photo shoot. Mm. Evidently, yeah. <laughs> <So laughs> so and I live.
2: No, mm. um, <laughs> no, so, yeah, I just, it was hard at school, definitely, um, mm. but... Then I kind of just didn't care because I was like, "Fuck it, I'm going to uni." No, at school we had um, we had like a, a a kind of like a small club, that was full of LGBT people and people who were trans, and it was like, really small and really like, it was it was so like, what are you doing on Tuesday morning? What can are you doing? It like can be the... very
1: incestuous as well when it gets like that.
2: Like yeah, no, but there were only five people, hmm. six people or so, and we all got and it was kind of it was. Um, organized by like the reverend
0: oh
1: that's <laughs> weird oh but like
2: the chaplaincy and he like he okay. was really great and he <laughs> i love him so much i love you him now we have to like we have to specify like
1: this reverend was okay like he <laughs> Some was of actually them the <laughs> but this
2: reverend was oh i didn't even realize and now looking back at it i'm like oh no but like no it was it was a really safe space and actually Aww. it was there was loads of like younger people that i was kind of pro- i was one of the oldest people and it was just so small and so like really tiny and like we couldn't say anything and no one was like oh what are they doing oh yeah i've got to do this oh yeah like when when are you going to that thing and now organizing orgies like that's what it sounds like to me it was like that (laughs) and it was like fuck the shame right and like now when i go think about going to uni and like being on a podcast, never thinking that I would be able to talk about like this kind of thing. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like I the the, the growth and the, the fact that it's more accessible mm. for me to talk about it and to show that like, you know, these yeah. spaces have become more advertised and more important. Um so I think that's really important. I just realized that. I forgot I completely forgot I had that memory of you yeah. know that
1: little club. That and what what had. do you see like within queerness is like um because it deconstructs a lot of hierarchies. Mm-hmm. Actually, really good question for you as well, Cags. Like, mm-hmm. because it constructs a lot of hierarchies, how do how do you think allyship plays out in queer circles, with having to um, understand and like accept intersectional identities of all kinds? So whether you are like a queer person who is a person of color as well, um, whether you're a queer person and you're also trans, or you're a queer person you're also disabled, and like so on and so forth. Like when we have to accept all of those kind of like blurred lines almost and those things that are really hard to like separate. Yeah. How do we decide where and when allyship like comes in? Yeah. And I know that like for you like there's a huge amount of allyship between your core identity and all of the things that you did as BME officer and all mm. things you did with celestial bodies mm-hmm. and um for like body diversity and stuff. And I know that you get like really involved even though you probably wouldn't want to like this is not something you'd identify yourself. Like you are involved in like all kinds of different allyship and mm. activism. And it's like, it's interesting to think about in queer spaces, like, how how do you think that
0: works? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, if you say you're an LGBT ally, I feel like that's, you, you never really question what that means, because we already know what lesbian is, we already know what, like, bisexual means. I think that's, I think those are things that kind of, like, people just know what they are from, like, a young age. Mm. But I think with queerness, it's something you have to research, and it's also linked to queer theory, and it's linked to all these things. So I think if, you know, if you commit yourself to being a queer ally, you're committing yourself to doing that research into finding out what queerness is. It is like full extent and scope, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And you're kind of committing yourself, or hopefully through that education, you're then will be able to like understand the world through a queer lens, you know, in a better way than you were before. Mm. Um, than just by being like, I'm an LGBT ally mm. because we we know what lesbian, gay, bisexual is, maybe a lot of people don't know what transgender is. And mm. I think that that might be like an issue for queerness, I guess, because um I think, I think being trans right now, that, you know, that identity of its own yeah. requires visibility because yeah. it doesn't have it and because it's, uh, I would say, definitely an identity that of the LGBT identities definitely needs the most visibility right now mm-hmm. um, because of the amounts of deaths that are happening mm-hmm. and the amounts of violence that's happening around mm-hmm. that identity still. Not to say that, you know, other, other identities don't need that, but I mean, I would say that trans people really need it. Yeah. Uh, So I think, you know, queerness potentially might deny them that visibility right now. And it might be easier to say, oh, yeah, I'm a queer ally than I am a trans ally. But yeah, I guess those are my thoughts on it
2: i agree i think people love to pick and choose what they want to support and what they don't so
1: but equally though like you only have so much energy yeah and like especially if you're living with multiple marginalized identities that you hold you only have a certain amount of energy <laughs> that you can yeah. like that you can physically do like sometimes some days i'm like mate today we're just gonna eat yeah and that's what we're gonna do today <laughs> showering not happening probably gonna go for a piss at some point <laughs> but like you can only do so much stuff and like you it's worth saying like to even just like to validate even the fact that like you can't do everything
2: yeah i think that is very very smart and and very very like relevant and very pertinent to like everything. you (laughs) you know being i was the black minority ethnic officer last year and um the idea of like doing everything is so like you want to be um a ally and you want to be like a supporter for Mm -hmm. every single like marginalised identity and you can but like act, to actively be in every activist space at one point is so hard and I think that there is a lot of work within the activist spaces to kind of give each other a little bit of a break and to be a little bit more kind of forgiving about people like um, just not everyone can do everything and Maybe be supportive educated as well. supportive and, and and be not everyone can be like educated on absolutely everything and giving you know just allowing people to grow um we can't be educated on absolutely everything and be like a support do you know what i mean like i like there was when i first became um officer i was first elected i was so i was so excited but i was so scared because there were so many things about um you know black feminism that I did not know, mm. right, and I really was like, okay, i have to read every single friggin Audre Lord essay, mm-hmm. and every Maya Angelou poem, mm-hmm. and it's just like, I need to study, and I need to clothe myself, and I need to wash myself, and I need to have some social time, mm. and I need to have, and this is like in a way what I'm like kind of passing mm. on to you as like a little Thank bit you. of a, yeah. a thing for you becoming LGBT officer, but like you can't do everything and you can't be educated on absolutely every issue because there are so many issues in the world. But, like, you can try your best and, you know, but, like, you just can't. And I think we expect so much of each other because because we're, like, the... the I
1: think it also def- definitely is not help that you're at university. Like, it is yeah. a space where people strive to be the best. You oh, know, it's a competition. constantly competition Especially if
2: you're at um, yeah. a, a university that is, you know, quite...
1: I want to say ones. good, but, like, fuck you, you me. You know,
2: I didn't want to be, like, uh, elite, because, like, that's a bit, yeah. you know, but, like... I mean, it is
0: an elite space. It's I a marital... It's a marito- it, top, very yeah, right. it is. Yeah. And yeah. it is.
2: And, like, you know, and it's kind of, like, it's not a race, like activism isn't as a race we have to work together in order so we can create the change because one person cannot be leading the the fucking you know the pack because then you know we have to kind of be supportive it's you know strength by numbers kind of thing you can't all defeat a system we can't one person can't defeat a system you know and we all kind of have to be together in order to kind of like shape
0: yeah, yeah, I think it's a. I think it's a us
2: essentially. Yeah, I Maybe. think
0: it's a really interesting conversation to be had around uh, where to draw the bound the the line between like what your responsibility is mm. and what um you know how much you can give because mm. obviously we also have to take care of each other. However, mm. I am conscious of time. So, yeah,
1: because well, uh... <laughs> only we have to take care of each
0: other by taking time. <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. I think like that's
1: a really interesting conversation, yeah. and I, I think like that, that the takeaway from that really is that you know you you recognize your strengths and do what you can and just like that Kag was saying like really mm. you know like not everyone could do everything but it, it's about like identifying where the most need is for you yeah, and where are you best placed to, to do it yeah,
2: yeah. I'm a click but I want, uh, it's not the same as when I was punched in the old days it wasn't a uh, the card game's and ease with the bitter soul blood. I was in, but I want out. My mother's love is true. kidding me? I'm sick of words that hang above my head. What about the kid? It's time to kick off. So, um, we'll close on the segment
1: that we always close on. Of course. Would and you like to start, Rosie? Yeah, you know, I'll stop. I'll stop. Oh, I'll thank stop. you. My, uh, my plus, um, is that the fringe is happening, and it's it's fucking sometimes it's awful sometimes it's not a plus but sometimes (laughs) it's really good um and there is so much on there is so much on during the fringe please go and see as many shows as you can we will put like we will all put some um kind of recommendations of things that we have seen that have been really good in the description um but yeah the fringe is being amazing right now um my second plus is that i rescued a stuffed manatee toy from a charity shop three pounds. Mm. Best three pounds I've ever spent, right? Yeah. And, um, it's adorable. Yeah, she's also kind of a plug because she has an Instagram mm-hmm. it's Miss Mandy Manatee. Um, we'll link it, we'll link it. Yeah, I'll link her Instagram um, and you've got to check it out because she's being wholesome, making waves. <laughs> um, pun <laughs> yeah. intended. Yeah, have you got a plus,
0: Kegs? Do I have... I have many pluses. One of my pluses is this naked body that Bella has drawn on her, on her notes right here. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's me. Um, we'll paste it on something. <laughs> Instagram. 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 Um, yes. my, oh my gosh, another plus. I went to Egypt and it was amazing. Oh my God. Um, if you want to call me, I'm ready to vent about it because it was mm. brilliant. I can send you pictures and I can tell you all about it. If you want to go to Egypt, I recommend, honestly. They are really lovely. I'm, just I'm general sure, I'm, I'm sure everyone in Egypt is good by acts I'm, I'm, I'm sure not everyone however you know very welcoming people in general cool. uh, very welcoming culture so I'll do I'll do our plug um, well I have one more plus excuse me oh I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> fucking curbing your, your, ne- your positivity right? <laughs> um, my other my, my third and last you're welcome uh, mm-hmm. plus plus is the fact that this week I've been saying no to a lot of things, That's and great. it's it's been really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> thank, you. thank you. I bow. I bow. Uh. It's <laughs> it's been working for me. Um, it's not something I'm necessarily good at, but I think I've said no to at least three things, and I've um, a, a relationship I guess in my life has ended as well, and I think it's mm. a powerful thing That's I guess. Really good. Yeah, because yeah, it's definitely it's definitely me recognizing my needs and um no, that's good. yeah so that's a big plus and i'm proud of that so yeah. you do that too my dears
1: okay now now i'll do our plugs if i may <laughs> um go ahead so the the intro uh for this podcast was by an amazing new band um in edinburgh um one of whom is a good friend and um is a biology student but if you really like the intro music please check them out we'll put the links to their spotify they're called apple sap and our our trio, and our just, you know, fucking out here being queer and being fab, and we love it. Yeah, please, Bella, let us know. What's a a plus for you in a plug?
2: (sighs) Plus? Honestly, like, I'm moving to Copenhagen in two Mm. weeks, and, like, I'm just sane, you know? Like, I'm just, like, getting through it. I'm, like, really happy about it, um, because I used to live in Copenhagen, and there are interesting people the danes like i love the danes they they're they're an interesting um you know nation of people they can be a little bit odd i'm bracing myself for it but like it moving... also be a chance to embrace the odd in you for sure um yeah like i just i i've got a, a place and i've you know i've enrolled onto my courses and i'm ready to like leave edinburgh for a little bit and just like grow and evolve and kind of step out of the activist space at Mm, edinburgh because i need to kind of heal and be become a better person and just like enjoy my year abroad that's a plus i think just kind of you know kind of processing that and all that stuff um i hear
0: you've got a good pride in copenhagen yeah
2: I think it's supposed to be really good. And then they have this thing called Nørrebro Pride, which is, um, Nørrebro is like a, a district, a district, or like an area or a neighborhood in Copenhagen, which is very full of people of color. Um, and that is kind of like something that I'm really interested in because there is quite a big, not a big, but like a very strong cutie pock community in Copenhagen. Um, so I'm excited to kind of like learn more about and educate myself a little bit more on the Danish politics because it is kind of fucked up in the moment with everything happening. I also want to plug um, Fringe of Colour, which was um, an amazing initiative started by Jessica um, Brough. Um, uh, basically, it creates uh, spaces and allows people of colour um, to have free tickets to shows by people of colour. And, you know, Fringe, I've noticed is extreme. I mean, I've noticed like it is a very like objective fact that it's very, very white. And um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm done with the male straight comedians, white, like I'm, I'm done with the whole like, Yeah. I'm really I, I can't be bothered to see any of those posters anymore so I think fringe of colour is definitely a, a fabulous initiative to kind of help elevate fringe and make it a little bit more kind of less white male, yeah. pale and stale and uh, yeah, so check that out on Twitter and on Facebook um, and yeah catch some shows if you're of colour and yeah. get them for free Thank oh, you. you get them for free if you're of colour Mm-hmm. That's really good. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, I went to see Burgers by Travis mm-hmm. Alabanza. Oh, that's really cool. Fucking incredible. Best yeah. piece of theatre mm-hmm. I've ever seen in my whole entire life. I was sobbing. Anyway, yes. So check it out.
1: Thank you so, so much for coming on, Bella. We oh, really telling you. It's and we'll great. miss you while you're in Copenhagen. Yeah.
2: yeah. But do all the things. Thank you. you
1: guys Wear cool hats. Grow. I mean, yeah, grow, grow your armpit hair. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Do what you want,
0: man. Might braid it. No. Yeah. And Maybe put you, some green extension on extensions on there instead yeah. of was it blue that you put on your hair okay. yeah <laughs> yeah
2: sorry yeah no I, uh, Yeah. i'll go back to my teenage teenage self
0: but on your armpits <laughs> this time
2: yeah mm. absolutely yeah 100 percent. so yeah,
0: yeah Perfect. we
1: have we've loved having you on thank you. thank you so much guys thank for having you. me Aww. and now we will thank say you. bye you ready three two one bye, bye. <laughs> it's good jelly Slap it,
0: That's what
1: mm.